Crowded in worship today as she slips in, trying to fade into the faces. The girls teasing, laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. There is Traveler is far away from home. He sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row. The weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road. We are the body. Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Jesus paid much too high a price For us to pick and choose who should come We are the body of Christ But if we are the body Why aren't His arms reaching? Why aren't His hands healing? Why aren't His words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Jesus is the way. Good morning. 
Welcome to Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. We are a vibrant spiritual community learning to love God, love others, and serve the world. My name is Rex Donnelly. My wife Carol and I moved to Holotus about 16 years ago, and we decided we had to find a church home, and we were going to visit three or four different churches and see what was the best fit. We came here and we never left. <laughs> this is a good church family. We knew it the minute we got here. And uh, we were very welcomed. And I want to welcome you to worship this morning. As Christ welcomed us with open arms and a loving heart, we welcome you. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, your past, your present, you have a future. Christ came, he lived, and he died to ensure that future. I have a few announcements this morning. Made a couple changes. Um, if you're a first-time guest, we'd like you to fill out the blue card. They are found in your pew. Let us know a little bit about something about yourself. We also now have a white card with a QR code on it. Take a picture of it with your smartphone, and now you can download the church bulletin from that card. If you have a prayer request, we have a yellow card in the pew. Uh, you can fill out that for your prayer request and place it in the basket. And that's where, excuse me, you can also place the blue card in the same basket as you're exiting the church. We have a few other options for the... Uh, prayer cards, you can go to our webpage at hhumc.com, click on the home tab and select prayer request. You can uh, join our confidential prayer group on Facebook, search for Holotus Hills United Methodist Church and ask to join the group. Now Jesse Spina, our director of Christian education, will share some announcements. But I have one more thing to add. I don't know if everybody understands how lucky we are to have Jessie. She is so dedicated and does such a great job for the kids here. Thank you. Just a couple of announcements, because I know how much you guys look forward to them. Our youth day yesterday at the Witty went wonderfully. We had a lot of fun exploring the uh, museum together. If you have a youth age student who didn't get to go but is looking forward to the next one, we would love to see them. The next one is on um, the 30th, uh, July 30th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Ripley's Believe It or Not downtown. If you're looking at costs and saying it's too much, I've got more than one youth student, I totally understand that. We do have scholarships available. Please just email me. There's no reason why somebody should miss something because of cost. If you're also looking and saying, my kid would love that, but I hate driving downtown, I understand that also, and we can probably connect you with another parent, and you guys can carpool and figure something else out. If there's anything that's holding you up from bringing your student out to it, please just let me know, and we'll see if we can work through it together, because these are the memories that build relationships that last a lifetime, and they're so important, so we want that youth group to grow. So that's 7.30 at Ripley's Believe It or Not. 7 slash 30, July 30th at Ripley's, believe it or not. The last one, I'm so sorry. I'm here today, I promise. I just need coffee. The last one is hot off the presses. I just scheduled um, more safe gatherings trainings because I know you guys have missed my announcements for it. 
So if you are in need of step three, the webinar that's led by our conference to complete your training, I have one scheduled for the July 24th from 2 to 4 p.m. and another one on August 18th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. I will get those online on our Facebook page, on our website. I'll put flyers up. But if you are in need of those to complete your training, um, we would love to have you come out and get that done. If you haven't started your training yet, but you think it's super important and you want to do that, we will make sure that we have the steps out there in the lobby for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Our first scripture reading this morning is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear God, we come before you in praise and thanksgiving. Today we seek to love you with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our might. Show us how to be good stewards of your grace as we serve one another with the good gifts you've given us. We will serve you with the strength you supply that we may glorify you in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to invite the kiddos forward for the children's sermon right now. Right now, at this time. That sounds nicer, right? Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. So I was, I was looking through some of my old textbooks from, from college. Don't ask me why, I just was. And I wanted to look up what the term community meant. Have you guys heard that word before, community? Yeah? What, what is a community? A group of people that help each other. A group of people maybe that live in the same place, that have common goals or ideas. That's usually how we define it, but I found this one definition that I thought was awesome. It says, a feeling of fellowship or friendship with other people as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And I think that's a beautiful term, a beautiful way to define what a community is for us, especially in a church, right? I think that sums up a church completely. It's a community of fellowship, a group of fellowship, working together and living together, getting through life together, right? That's what community is supposed to do for us. And community can be this beautiful, wonderful thing when um, we look at it through the right eyes. But when our eyes start to shift away from community and towards ourself, we might get a case of the but whys. Have you ever had those? But whys? I've talked about but whys before because they can come up in a lot of things. The last time I talked about them, it was with grief. But we're going to talk today about how it can be about yourself when you're focused on yourself. And we see this a lot in the church. I know I am super guilty of this myself. And I was quite guilty of it before I worked in a church because I didn't quite know all of the work that goes into what happens here even on a Sunday morning. And I would start getting questions in my head like, but why do they have to do things that way? But why can't we do this? But why don't we have that? But why hasn't anybody chosen to do 
such and such. And the but why is just keep coming. But why? But why isn't it the way I think it should be? Right? And when those but whys come, community breaks apart. Our view of what our community is breaks apart. The community itself is still there, but the way we think about it, the way we see it, the way we use it changes. And so I wanted to challenge you kiddos up here today and challenge myself and challenge everybody sitting out here. When you get a case of those but whys, to think of the early church. I have recently been learning about the early church. That's the church that started right after Jesus went up into heaven. When all of the apostles were working in small little churches to spread the word of Jesus, to spread God's love to other people around them. And it wasn't easy. If we look in Acts chapter 2, we learn about this community of believers. And the very first thing that says, it's said about them is that they focused and they were devoted to learning about the teachings that the apostles had, what they were telling them about Jesus. And then the very next phrase, they were focused on fellowship with each other. The church has always been a community. It has always been about relationships. It's always been focused on Christ. These early believers, they lived together and they worshiped together. They prayed together. They ate together. They worked together to spread God's kingdom. And it's an amazing, amazing situation and what they were able to accomplish doing that as a community. So we're going to talk today in Spark Worship about being God to other people and what it means to do that. And we're going to look at the early church and we're going to talk about how they did that. But the long and the short of it is that God has given every single person a gift. Every single person a gift. Something that you're good at. Something you're strong at. Right? We call them talents. It might be a talent for teaching. It might be a talent for praying, for listening, for helping, for serving. It might be a talent for singing, for music. But you have a talent. God has given you that talent. Not just so that you can say, hey, look at me, look how good I am. But he gave us those talents so that we could give them back to him. And we could help grow his kingdom. Those talents are gifts that we are meant to share with other people. So if we're talking about community, if we're looking at our church and we're saying, but why? But why isn't it the way I want it? Take a moment to pause and to look at yourself and say, how am I using my talents? Because the talents don't do any good if we're keeping them to ourselves. We have to step up. We have to show up. And we have to do in order for those talents to be shared with the world. That's letting our light shine. That's what the children's ministry is focused around, right? Matthew 5, 14, let your light shine for the whole world to see. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's what it says on our wall. You're right, our classroom wall. So we're going to be shining our light. We're going to be looking at our talents. And we're going to be finding ways that we can serve God in the community around us. Amen? Let's pray. Bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear God, help us use our talents so that we can share your love in our communities. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side for Spark Worship. So I started, I really started my journey to ministry through prison doors. I know you're going to ask me, what was I in for? It's always the first question. What were you in for? 
Well, after countless invitations to do Kairos, I ended up serving the Hilltop Unit at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice housing female offenders in Gatesville. Now at the time, this was many years ago, I was living in San Antonio. I was going to church at that little church on De Zavala University. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah, that little church on, on De Zavala. And there was a group of us who started feeling called. Really, it was Reverend Joan Ahrens who kept bugging us and bugging us and bugging us to go serve in prison. And she would say, go serve a men's team because then all you have to do is cook and pray. I said, Reverend Joan, I do not cook and I can pray at home, but thank you for the invitation. Then she said, oh, Cheryl, there's a women's unit you can go to. And I said, okay. I finally said, okay. And Sherry and I decided to drive together to Gatesville because you have to go to the retreat, and it's an hour and a half, two hours away. And um, you have to go pretty early because they start the retreat early, and you've got to prepare and be there on time. And so I got to her house at dark 30. You know what time that is. And as I got out of my car, there was a little dog that looked at me, and I looked at the little dog. It was so cute, like a Scotty or something. And I said, hello, little dog because I sometimes talk to dogs. I don't know if you do that too. I can't stay and talk right now. I've got places to go and things to do. And so the dog just looked at me, he didn't answer. Are you grateful for that? <laughs> Kathy is. So I went to the door and I knocked very quietly because Sherry had roommates and I didn't want to wake everybody up. So eventually she came to the door, opened the door, looking very sleepy and said, come on in, I'm almost ready. And I went in and the little dog came in. And I was like, okay, must be her little dog. And then I sat on the sofa, and the little dog sat on the sofa next to me. I'm like, oh, what a cute little dog. <laughs> and so then, a few minutes later, Sherry was ready to go, and we got up, and we exited her house, and the little dog followed us out to the car. And Sherry turns to me and says, is that your dog? <laughs> and I said, no, that is not my dog. I thought it was your dog. <laughs> she said, no, that is not my dog. We had been ushered around this friendly little pup. She put the dog in the backyard and alerted her roommates so that they could find this dog's home sooner or later. But it reminds me of the kind of fun and adventure and craziness that God will give you. We giggled all the way to Gatesville about, that is not my dog. <laughs> and God will do that for us if we make ourselves willing and available to serve the Lord. Today we're exploring how to love the Lord our God with all our Strength, yeah. And using our hands to serve God and others. As Rex read this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it's in the Hebrew called the Shema, and Shema simply means to hear. And so it says, Shema Israel Adonai Elchenu Adonai Echad. Reverend Elisa Strauss is here somewhere, and she knows Hebrew. And she, there she is. She could tell us what that means in Hebrew, but it's real simple. He read it already. It says, the Lord, love the Lord your God. The Lord is one. And you will, uh, where is it? Hear, O Israel, Shemami's here. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. That starts the Shema for here. And that is said in nearly every synagogue on every Sabbath. Sometimes multiple times you'll hear the Shema read. And then Rex read further when he read uh, verse 5 that says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your, with all your soul and with all your mind. 
and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus, that's the message Jesus shared with his disciples and followers. And over the past few weeks, we have been talking about how God expects us to love God with our heart, with our mind, and this week with our strength. An all-encompassing love for God. And God has equipped us. As Jesse was saying to the children, each one of us are equipped with gifts that we are individually given to share and learn. Our next scripture reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. If you want to read it in your pew Bibles in front of you, it's on page 1106. I'll wait in case you want to read that with me. It's a pretty short verse, 1106. And 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, Serve one another with whatever gifts each of you have received. Whoever speaks must do it as if speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do it with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. All of us. Young and old alike have been given gifts to serve the Lord our God. And Jesus asked us, he asked his disciples and followers to use our gifts, the gifts in our heart, the gifts of our mind, and the gifts of our hands in service. And using our hands, we can serve with compassion in real purposeful ways. I learned this week yet another thing as I sit at the feet of Roy Baldwin. Or how do you say feet? in medical talk, Roy, tarsals, metatarsals. As I sit at the metatarsals of Roy Baldwin, who teaches anatomy and physiology, and if you're a Facebook friend with him, he does tests every day, nearly every day. I never get the right answers. But he shared with me a book called What Your Body Knows About God. It's by Rob Mole. And and Rob Mull teaches that one of the most important influences on our faith is routine acts of compassion. That's true. Mull said our bodies are designed to recognize when someone needs our care and support. In fact, he says we become our best selves when we focus on the needs of others. He noted in his book that Diane Garland, who is the dean of Baylor University School of Social Work, She really found this, that people who volunteer also pray more and read the Bible more. And she said for teens, service is one of the most important factors in developing their faith. That's true. She found it more essential than Sunday school, youth group, youth worship, Bible study. Yet too often, we do not give our youth the opportunity for service. You can imagine how delighted I was when my first weekend here, I found that Jesse Spina, you've seen Jesse, our Christian education director, she actively looks for ways to engage children, youth, and adults in mission work. She recently invited a group to serve at the San Antonio Food Bank, and 12 of us from this church signed up to fill the needs of the community. This group included four children and eight adults. It was amazing to see how she intends to keep this up. Month after month, look for a note from Jesse inviting you to put your hands where your heart is and serve the community. 
And they let children serve as well. It was so amazing. See, the only thing necessary to serve others is really just showing up, the faithfulness to show up. We are hardwired for compassion, to tangibly express our love for our neighbor, and we're designed to want to do it because it makes us feel so incredibly good. Last week, we talked about using our brains to serve God. But this week, I found that the structure of the brain is designed not so much for thinking, but for relating to other human beings, which makes me really happy. We are wired to relate to others and respond to their needs. In that way, we grow in social competence and empathy. That is so amazing to me. By showing up and offering others, we can grow our compassion. By showing others and praying, we can grow our empathy muscles. Did you know that studies show that happiness and joy over a lifetime always results from acting compassionately towards other people. The best way to pursue joy, join the church. If we aren't a joyful church, there's something wrong with us, isn't there? Be part of the community. Share your gifts in volunteering where they need you to serve. We connect with God and we change how we understand ourselves, shifting from self-centeredness towards the welfare of others when we give with our hands. We meet our own deepest needs by caring for all those around us. One of my most memorable mission trips was when I took a group of youth. There were probably 14 or 15 youth and about five adults, and we went to Santa Fe and Albuquerque to do mission work. I know, Cheryl, you'd say there's mission work just around the corner here. And Jesse's going to help us find more ways for us to do things around the corner. But then I took them to Santa Fe. And there we painted the Ronald McDonald House. We did yard work in the youth shelter. And then we went to the homelessness encampment and we helped the um, First United Methodist Church of Albuquerque serve the needs of the homeless. It was an amazing trip. And the adults and youth alike found ways to be Christ for others using their hands. See, youth mission trips are a great way. Adult mission trips are a great way to show others Christ just through showing up and being ourselves. The most important thing we do on mission is build relationships. And we plant seeds of faith and we share our hope and we share the healing love of Jesus Christ. And that's just through our presence. We communicate the faith in Jesus Christ because we go in Jesus' name. Now, by now, you must think that I'm preaching to the choir. Well, you know that means you already know this, right? Choir's not here today. You're out there. Now, when I got here, I started to see all the various mission works and service projects that you do as a church. So I just want you to think about these things about how you actively serve the needs here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. I know several of you have served on Kairos weekends. Sharon recently told me about her experience on Kairos outside. Right, Sharon? You can nod. You you did that. Anybody else serve Kairos? How about serve on an Emmaus team? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever served through the backpack ministry? I so appreciate y'all letting me use your room at the youth house. (laughs) I think you're going to know your pastor in ways you never dreamed. (laughs) 
They let me use their space and their generosity as they now are going to continue the backpack ministry, which serves the needs of school children who otherwise may not have meals during the week. I know they could use your help, love, and support. And maybe you've been part of the Reading Buddies program in the local elementary. That kind of went by the wayside after COVID, but I bet we're going to be able to start back up again, being Reading Buddies to elementary school children. And maybe, just maybe, you've supported the Boy Scouts. Can I get a whoop, Dick Baldwin? Where are you? Uh Uh-huh. Maybe you've supported the Boy Scouts in their efforts here. And maybe you have helped serve the pumpkin patch run by Rhonda Fay and many, many, many volunteers. Or maybe you helped Barbara Lamont with the Haven for Hope, an important ministry for the homeless here in the city. Or perhaps you have been helping or donating to the House of Neighborly Service. How about the angel tree? Carl, what about the Samaritan purse, Operation Christmas boxes? You do so much. And also people here in this church actively pursue medical missions. I have spoke to several people, one who will be going soon to Honduras on medical mission. You people are doing what Christ has called us to do. But just don't stop there. Keep going because as you serve, you are a living witness to the love of our Lord. You're the hands and feet of heart of Christ. And honestly, if you want to serve, no one is too young or too old. We will find a way to be in service together for our Lord. We will do that for you, a place that matches the gifts that God has given you. St. Teresa of Avila is a nun who dedicated her life to serving God in the 16th century. Wise beyond measure, this is one of the things she wrote. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes which he blesses. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. We are called to serve the Lord our God and love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength. That is what Jesus asked us. That is what God asked of us to serve the Lord with our hearts and our souls and our bodies. Following Jesus' call, John Wesley, who is the founder of the early Methodist movement, taught us to grow our faith by doing good of every possible sort as far as possible to all. You can find that quote in our general rules. See, Wesley and others met regularly for Bible study and prayer. They received communion, and then they would go out in the work world to do acts of charity. That's our genesis. That's where we come from, and we do what God calls us to do. And we here now are called to carry on the teachings, the teachings of the United Methodists around the world who are active in local communities through our global connection, through our congregations, through our agencies. We even participate in ministries thousands of miles from where we live. 
To be a United Methodist means we are disciples of Jesus Christ called to love and serve God with our prayers, with our presence, with our gifts, with our service, and with our witness. And that means we love God and we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. When we do this, we are fulfilling the call of Christ in our lives, in our church, and in the world. And whether you do that through giving or teaching or volunteering, all of us are capable of doing something to get out into the world and do. Lord, I want to be a Christian with my hands. How about you? If you feel the same, would you join me in reading this poem? It's really a poem prayer written by Marcia Newton. And let this affirm what we believe about serving God with our hands. Will you read it with me? We are the hands of Christ embracing the ones in need. We are the hands of Christ caring for those who plead. We are the hands of Christ sharing our bread to feed. We are the hands of Christ serving the ones in need. We are the hands of compassion, hands that serve, hands that lift up. We are the hands that feed the poor, hands that comfort, hands that heal. We are the hands of Christ. We are the hands that touch the sick, hands that bless, hands that teach. We are the hands that welcome the lost, hands that support and reach out in peace. We are the hands of Christ. We are the hands that offer strength, hands that guide, hands that pray. We are the hands that wipe the tears, love and protect, prepare the meals. We are the hands of Christ. We are the hands that till the earth, knead the bread, mend the clothes. We are the hands that plant the seeds, harvest the crops, build the homes. We are the hands of Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, it is a great thing to love the Lord our God with our heart and soul and mind and strength. It is with joyful hearts that we share in common community. And when we join a church, we always make this promise to support it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So in gratefulness of heart, we share ourselves with God and each other. Now, you may share your pledge by giving to the church with the box that's outside. They quit passing the plate with COVID times. But we have a box out in the back and also little cards. If you choose to pay using PayPal, you can have instructions on those cards. And now, let us stand in body or spirit as we sing our doxology together. be seated. We always close our time together with an invitation to discipleship. 
If the Holy Spirit has moved in your heart this day, we invite you to come and be part of this congregation of United Methodists who intend to fully serve God with our prayers and our presence and our gifts and our service and our witness. If that is your choice, I'm going to ask you to come as we sing our final hymn. But in the meantime, would you join me in saying our church mission statement together? The mission of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I pray that you might have received a dose of the Spirit so fully in you that you are transformed to be doers of the word as you go forth from this place, shining the light of Christ to all people that you meet. As we sing our final hymn, Go Now in Peace, we sing this together, and I'm going to head out so I can greet you outside. Go forth in God's peace and love.